Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host TK, a high school teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this episode, we have said goodbye before. I'm joined by my friend Rich Camarda in a discussion about WandaVision Episode 9, the series finale. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind-the-scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Today I'm joined by friend of the podcast, return guest Rich Camarda. Rich, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tara. So you were previously on the podcast and you shared your story of your relationship with the MCU. That was first on our episode on Spider-Man Far From Home, which was episode 1.8 of the podcast. And then as my go-to Team Iron Man representative, you returned to do a segment on Endgame for episode 2.8. And I promise I didn't intentionally plan this, but today's discussion on the WandaVision season finale will actually end up being episode 3.8 of the podcast. So it feels kind of predetermined that you should be here today, Rich. (laughs) Absolutely. Why not? I like it. So uh, first, why don't you just give us a quick recap of your journey with the MCU? Uh, Okay. So yeah, I I started in Spider-Man. Spider-Man is like my touchstone as a kid and as a young adult, the Tobey movies. I've been into the MCU movies from the beginning. I followed them all. I've seen them all in the movies, except for the last Spider-Man. I'm a big fan. I love the movies. I think they're great. Yeah, you're you're definitely one of my go-to longtime fans of the MCU. And, it, and it's definitely a perspective that, uh, you know, I have on guests, some who are more in and out and some who are newer to the MCU. And you have that long relationship, which I really appreciate. And I'm curious, especially because you have had that long relationship with the MCU, your thoughts on the WandaVision series. And we have touched base a few times during the run of the first eight episodes. And I know you have some thoughts to share. So for now, just kind of thinking broadly about the series without getting into the finale itself just yet. um, What have you liked about WandaVision? What has maybe surprised you about it? Just your general thoughts. So I, I really enjoyed the WandaVision series specifically because I didn't really know anything about it going in. Like a lot of the movies, a lot of the, um, a lot of the movies I've had kind of like, you know, not spoilers, but you know, like I knew who Mysterio was. I knew who the bad guys are. I kind of knew like the broad outlines of the comics. I had some like insight going into it. So I wasn't always surprised, but WandaVision, I was just completely in the dark about it. I had no idea what it was about. I kind of knew it was like an alternate reality, but didn't really know that much about it. And since I didn't know about that much about it, I actually decided to like not look for spoilers before I, before watching it. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know if it was going to be like one of the, you know, the Netflix Marvel series where it's really just kind of like, you know, it's own standalone thing, or if it's going to tie into the, the movies, you know, having those big name actors and it kind of gave away that it was part of the larger MCU, but really didn't know what to expect. So I, I was really very pleasantly surprised. And I love how spooky the whole thing is. And I mean, I, I hate horror movies. I hate scary movies. I don't watch them, but I can do spooky all day. Spooky, <laughs> unsettling, that's great. And especially the early, the earlier episodes, that kind of like Twilight Zone vibe. Yeah. I really, I really like that. I really enjoyed it. 
just kind of that slow burn something's wrong here but we don't know what quite quite what it is and trying to figure that out and I, I really enjoyed that and i really enjoyed that they they released it um week by week yes. instead of you know just dumping it all out there and letting us binge it for like a, you know a saturday it kind of gave you time to like mull it over and talk about it with your friends and think about it and speculate about it i think that's fantastic yeah i totally agree i think the week to week format really did a service to the show here to the story they were trying to tell as well as fitting in with that larger homage to television itself and and sitcoms of the past and you're right you know the show has definitely played with some different tones going from the earlier episodes which were very unsettling to the most recent few episodes which were much more i guess you could say within like the expected uh, vein of the MCU. So just kind of curious, do you have a favorite episode that stands out or a particular one of those tones that you liked best? So I actually like the first episode the best because it's so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I mean, you're watching you're like, what is going on? I mean, it's just so disorienting. And um, that disorientation is, is really kind of fun. But I, I also actually liked episode eight which is the one before the finale mm-hmm. you know i felt like that was kind of like the emotional crescendo when they get the big reveal and after like you know playing it out and drawing it out it seemed like a good payoff yeah i couldn't agree more i, th- I think that episode eight is is probably my top favorite and i also agree with you that the first two episodes i, I have I-, I give a slight edge to episode two over episode one because i just really liked the magic scene <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I fantastic. yeah, um, like we knew we needed drunk vision. That was, <laughs> <laughs> but we're here today to talk about the final episode, episode nine titled the series finale. What are your general thoughts about this episode? So I, I remember reading somewhere that the, uh, the director of season nine was kind of worried that our episode nine was worried that it was going to be a bit of a letdown. Mm. And I, I, I would not say it was a letdown, but after the the emotional crescendo of what was episode eight, it did seem more like an epilogue. Like we're, yeah. you know, we're tying loose ends. We're going to, you know, tease what's coming next in the MCU. I didn't, it just didn't have the, the same like emotional impact that the, the episode before had, which isn't to say it wasn't great. It was great. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was so packed full of stuff. It was, it was almost too much stuff to have in one episode, I thought. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And I, I I, wouldn't say I was let down either, but I think part of why I wasn't let down is because I went into this episode so completely emotionally wrecked by episode eight. And I, I mean that in the best way. <laughs> that's, that's how I want to feel um, from a show like this. Um, but, you know, I felt whatever were to happen in episode nine, I'm happy. Um, as you said, almost considering it to be that epilogue and you know i i definitely was thinking okay episode episode eight book ended the series emotional arc for me in a way that was satisfying enough that anything in episode nine related to wanda's emotional journey would be kind of a bonus um now having seen the finale i do realize that you know the way that this last episode does round out some of the identity story arcs for both Wanda and Vision are really powerful and really important. 
But I, what I was expecting it to do and what I do think it does well is that it wraps up some of the plot elements, as you said, and it does set up the future of the MCU. And, um, you know, I, I, I know that some fans were disappointed about some of the various red herrings and misdirects that didn't end up holding any particular significance in the finale. And, you know, I, I too had some predictions and theories that didn't come to pass. So there, there were a couple of moments in here that I had, you know, a little disappointment, but, but ultimately that didn't detract from the series for me by any means. And in fact, I, I think reflecting on it, you know, the decision that the storytellers made to really focus on Wanda and Vision and to take the time afforded by the series format to really tell their stories was the, was the best decision, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I felt I felt after the episode, I just had more questions than answers. I mean, they they wrapped things up nicely, and I thought the red herrings were were fun. You know, yeah. Um, red herrings don't seem like wasted opportunities like they are in like some other big name series in Game of Thrones. <clears throat> um, <laughs> you, you know, it seemed like okay, it's a little bit of a misdirect, but it's not. It's not that they were wasting it. It was just a misdirect, which I, I think those misdirections are are part of the charm, you know, you know, you, you can't figure it all out. And if everything was a, you know, it's not the Da Vinci code. It's not, not everything. Just <laughs> Sometimes it's just, it is what it is. And that's right. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think, yeah, in terms of, of questions and answers is, is kind of something we've been talking about every episode, you know, what answers did we get from the episode and then what questions are still left over. And in the case of, of this episode here, the finale there are both questions for what might happen next in the MCU. And then there's also questions that, you know, maybe there were certain things that they kind of left hanging. Um, so what, what were some of those that stuck out to you? Uh, Monica Rambeau. Hmm. What, what, I don't understand her powers. Like, what are they? What, what, you know, until the, uh, until the cutscene afterward, I felt like, you know they were they were teeing her up for something big and it's like i i don't really understand what what where she's going or what she's doing or now i'm excited you know the uh the the mid credit scene was was such a was such a thrill but up until then i didn't really understand her her role in the finale um i thought it was kind of i don't know i thought agnes would Agatha, whatever, whatever we're calling her now, was such a great character, and then for her to just be kind of like trapped at the end was a bit dissatisfying. And I don't want, I don't want to sound like, I don't want it to sound like I'm ragging on the episode. I really enjoyed it, but Catherine Hahn was such a force in this in this series. Oh yeah. That I hope that she's not just like kind of like relegated to the, the bin of like, oh well, she's trapped in Westview, and that's just kind of where she's going to be for the rest of the MCU. I was hoping she's like the next big bad. I mean, she was such a steam sealer. Every scene she was in was gold. And I, I love when they take, you know, really great comedic actors and then make them villains because their timing is just so perfect. It just makes them so sinister. And I, I, she's hilarious. I was thinking about her back in like Step Brothers, which is one of the funniest <laughs> movies ever. And she's a riot in that. And, and now she's, you know, a witch on the par uh, of Wanda Maximoff. And I thought that was really cool. Um, the scene where the, you know she turns her I don't want to overuse the word vision, but you know her vision of being <laughs> back with the coven, yeah, back on Wanda. I thought that was probably the coolest scene in the episode. 
I mean, because it's a, it went back to that spooky edge that the show had. It was less superhero and a little bit unsettling. Yeah, I really liked that scene too. And I think that your observation is really an interesting one that the idea about comedy having some similarities to horror in some ways or or something that's a little bit more nefarious and and how a comedic actor is pulling that off because of their their timing and their delivery and yeah i i couldn't agree more that she is a standout performance from this show from this episode i too i guess i'm hoping that she makes another appearance in the mcu and i'm hoping that the exchange that she has as nosy neighbor Agnes at the end about, you know, seeing Wanda soon or whatever it may be. I, I hope that that's sooner rather than later, that perhaps the next time we see Wanda, you know, she needs Agnes for, for some reason or other. I do like the dynamic between the two of them where, sure, it was antagonistic, but they... Wanda certainly had things to learn from her, and I, I think that she could have some things to learn from Wanda as well in the future, so I'm hoping we see more of that. She's so lively. I mean, there's such opposites in their characters and their delivery and their performance. I mean, Wanda's a very serious, a very serious character overall. You know, it was fun to see uh, Emily Olsen play, or uh, Emily Elizabeth Olsen right. <laughs> play it kind of um, play it comedic. You know, mm-hmm. she's going through each of the each of the timelines through uh, you know, the sitcoms. Being that comedic character is so different than what Wanda normally is, which is, you know, she's kind of broody. She's kind of dark. She's got a little bit of that angsty teenager thing going on. Definitely. Which I guess you know, she's growing out of now, but, you know, and getting <laughs> you have cackling Catherine Hahn, <laughs> which is fantastic. I mean, <laughs> she's, you know, she comes in there and she's just, she's leaning into the role so hard. And like the harder she leans into it, the better it is. And it's just so over the top that, it's just a, it's a nice contrast. I, I really enjoyed seeing them together. Well, on the on the topic of Agatha related um, loose ends, I suppose, or questions, I, I always kind of wanted there to be more from the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that's OK. You know, not not a, actually a letdown there, but just one of those threads that throughout the series, there were certain threads that. Uh, you know, some of us watching had our eyes on of, oh, is this thing going to end up being um, particularly significant? Like, is anyone going to mention that she killed the dog? Like, nobody's disturbed. But it's, that's really disturbing. Why did she kill the dog? So what I've come to is I think that the dog was a creation. Like, so we saw that she can do like transmutation or whatever. So maybe the dog was not actually a dog and that she she because remember the dog just kind of like shows up out of nowhere so i feel like she created the dog just to kill it that's pretty dark yeah it is but i'm hoping it's not (laughs) actually a dog i mean then again i mean what does this say about my morality if i'm like well maybe it was a fly that she transmutated and who cares about the fly but um (laughs) so that's my theory i don't know if there's any um weight to that but i i also had a theory about the character dotty well, and I, I should also give some give some credit to last week's guest because we were talking about Dottie. And the reason why I paid so much attention to this character from the beginning is that she's played by Emma Caulfield, who was an actor on Buffy. And so I was obviously predisposed to take an interest in her character because I get excited about all things Buffy, right? So, right. <laughs> so I, you know, was thinking that maybe there was more to her significance 
And I did for a brief moment in this episode, I got kind of excited in that scene where Wanda is in the town square and Dottie is the first person who Agatha kind of like um, wakes up, so to speak. So I thought at first, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe she's in on it. They're in on it together. Um, But then that theory was quickly thrown out the window. And that's okay. I'm not one of these people who is so tied to my theory that I'm upset by it. But that character Dottie's real name within Westview, I guess, you know, her pre-Westview hex name is Sarah Proctor. And, you know, that's a very clever nod to the Salem Witch Trials. It makes me almost think that there's still more to it, but I should probably um, not make that the hill that I'm going to die on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, she was set up to be such a, a villainous character, and then to find out she's just another prisoner was uh, surprising. Definitely surprising. Yeah. And we also never found out who Jimmy Woo's witness was. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't have any theories about that. I've been thinking about it a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a little surprised that they didn't address it, even if it was kind of just like a throwaway thing. Um, yeah, but I don't know. You know, some some things are like red herrings, but that doesn't seem like a red herring. That seems like it's going to play out somehow, somewhere. I hope that you're right. I think that would be cool if they if they bring it back. I, you know, I guess we may as well speak now about Pietro in quotes, uh, slash Ralph Boner. <laughs> um, what, what did you think of that? Uh, I, I was disappointed. Yeah. I was, uh, you, you know, sometimes I think that the MCU is getting too large and that bringing the X-Men into it would have been just bananas. And, you know, maybe it'll still happen. And I don't know. I, I worry that sometimes it's getting too large, but then I, I'm usually proven wrong when I think that. So um, I was disappointed. I, I was <laughs> looking forward to Quicksilver. Definitely a great red herring. You know, if the, if it was just there for the inside joke, then I appreciate the joke, but it's uh, <laughs> disappointing. Yeah, I agree, and I I I definitely felt disappointed by it. I wouldn't say that I felt angry about it, and I and I think you know I was talking with with some people on the the Vox podcast this past weekend, so shout out to them. Um, and and so some of them were talking about actually feeling like you know really really upset by it and almost like it was a um a betrayal on the part of you know people who are writing and, and producing the show to kind of uh, give that that bait so to speak and I you know I I don't I don't agree with that necessarily because I I yeah to me it was more of a disappointment less of something that I I'm actively uh, angry about I I just think of like they're in the writers' room they're kicking this around they're like well. We should bring bring back Pietro. They're like, right. well, Pietro's dead. So how are we going to do that? Well, we'll just have to make like a fake Pietro. Wouldn't it be crazy if we got <laughs> the same actor who did it? Like, wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. Seems less malicious than hilarious if you think about it. Yeah, and that and that's ultimately where I come back to is man, what a what a great what a great nod. You know, what a great joke. Even if it's not time yet to to bring in X-Men. And while it does seem like they will be bringing in X-Men and the universe is getting larger, that being said, it would it have been the right move to for them to bring in the X-Men in this way, right? By having a character who was already associated with the Fox universe and then leaving this suggestion that the the other characters in the Fox universe could come in. I, you know, I don't know if that would have been the right move ultimately. 
Um, but Evan Peters is so great. It was, it was great to see him in this role. And, uh, it was, it was silly. Uh, (laughs) it was very silly. I did still have a question about how, when he's in the attic with Monica, and I know he's under the control of Agatha, but he did still have super speed. So I guess that must just be something that she gave him. Yeah. Well, see, that's, you know, they talk about, or you talk about transmutation inside the hex, but like questions like that bring me back to Monica Rambeau. Like, yeah, how did the hex give her powers? Does she only have those powers inside the hex? I mean, I think we all know that she doesn't have those powers just inside the hex. Did right. it unlock it somehow? I don't know. I mean, you also have a, a fully fleshed out, apparently, um, you know, alternate vision. Two little kids with superpowers. So, who knows? It's chaos. Mm-hmm. It's chaos <laughs> magic. You know, Wanda can apparently um, bend reality, so I don't know. Maybe some of those changes are more permanent than others. Yeah. Maybe Ralph still has super speed. That would be crazy. <laughs> it would. It would. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think your your questions about the nature of Monica's powers are important, and I I definitely would have liked to see her play a bigger role in this finale, and I was expecting her to play a bigger role in this finale. You know, I they very much set her up to be kind of like the emotional um, parallel to Wanda, yeah. and you know, and and I think that was really well done. But I, you know, especially I wanted more. yeah, I wanted more exactly, just a little bit more, not a lot more, not a whole Monica Rambo movie, maybe, but more than what they gave her. Yes, exactly. This wasn't her story, right? Like it was clear that this was Wanda's story and Vision's story. But that being said, they, I think they did such a great job of establishing her in in this format and establishing her in a story in which she wasn't the main character that I was I was hoping it would be rounded out a little bit more. You know, that being said, clearly they're setting her up for Captain Marvel 2, for perhaps the secret invasion show that's that's coming to Disney Plus in the next couple of years. And I think that's all going to be great and hopefully answers some of the questions, um, you know, about the nature of her powers and exactly what happened there. And, you know, I I do appreciate the MCU's nonlinear storytelling. I do like how it, it's all overlapping and how, you know, a few years from now, we're going to be uh, watching things, maybe talking about things on a podcast um, that that we say, oh, man, yeah, the groundwork for that was laid back in WandaVision, you know, and I think that that's really great and really cool. But in the trying to think of WandaVision as a contained story itself, without all of those threads so if you say hey if something were to happen that there was no more mcu installments ever again are we left in a contained place and obviously we're not (laughs) that's just not the nature of the storytelling they do where did vision go is he the real vision i just i kept expecting the the two visions to like merge or something we get paul bettany vision back and not robot vision who's devoid of color he just flew off he I'm the did. real vision he's off what does that mean I love him saying I am vision it's you know very I am Iron Man I dug it yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, but again yeah he flies off there's no real rounding out there because of the fact that we're gonna have to wait and see what happens in a future installment also if you are vision and you have all these memories on lockdown you don't go help Wanda or maybe you know she doesn't need help <laughs> where did he go so that's I, I what's surprising right to find out <laughs> yeah so you know this idea of okay he's gonna fly off and he's going to um grapple with uh the data overload that he just got right the memories rushing back to him 
but at the same time, I, so I, so I guess it makes me wonder because he has, he has the data unlocked. So he has these memories and it, it seems from the flash of the, all of the previous movie scenes that we see that there is an element to, you know, the emotion of it. It seemed, it seems to focus on kind of emotional moments, but I did wonder if, you know, maybe, I don't know if he didn't have the emotional attachment. I don't know. It's a good question. It's a good well, question. I kept, so I, the reason I kept thinking that um, we would get vision proper back, whatever we want to call the real vision, or not the robot vision, mm-hmm. you know, in Infinity War, they're trying to remove the Mind Stone, saying that, okay, if we remove the Mind Stone, there's still a lot of vision left, yeah. right? It's Jarvis, it's the, the Mind Stone, it's this crazy amalgamation, it's, I don't know, Thor's lightning strike, and, you know, they're trying to see vision by removing the mind stone so they so now he doesn't have the mind stone right so are all the best parts of him left is this going to be like one of those stories where like he's got to rediscover himself and become uh the vision that we know and love and that wanda loves and or is he a a different vision i don't know (laughs) yeah it it was one of the it was probably the most frustrating thing about that episode was like i I just i just want to know where he went (laughs) Like, all right, all right, you know, Monica didn't get her, like, time in the sun. She's going to go fight Kree and hang out with Nick Fury on some space base with the scrolls. That, that's <laughs> cool, but a cutscene with Vision might have been nice. Like, yeah, him heading in a general direction would have been great. What's interesting is that what is rounded out a bit more is the, you know, story of identity for hex vision who is you know goes through the process of figuring out who he is so but that's also the vision that disintegrates at the end of this episode so it's not the merging like you said where you get okay this is the emotional side this is the uh, material robotic side and they can come together it suggests that that's not i mean certainly it hasn't happened yet But it does have me thinking a little bit about, you know, both Wanda and Vision and their arcs within the WandaVision show. When I actually first started the the podcast and I was thinking about diving into the solo movies within this franchise, you know, the thing that really um, was compelling to me is this idea of people who are also superheroes and what that means for identity and how they perceive themselves and how others perceive them. And I kind of came up with this central claim that I wanted to prove, disprove, just explore, whatever it may be, which was to say, okay, you know, when you're looking at these multifaceted people, these multifaceted characters, heroes, ultimately there are conflicts between their conception of self and then also how the world sees them, you know, whether that's the internal life of Tony Stark and how the world sees Iron Man or something like what we're seeing here with Wanda or, or Vision. So I do think that this episode here brought me back to examining th- that concept. I do think that we get some satisfying moments for these characters. So for Wanda, this identity story kind of, you know, going back to episode two of, of this show she says, you know, maybe I could just be myself. And it's this exploration, right, of, of who she's going to be, whether or not she's going to try to fit in with a world that's not hers. She constantly has people telling her 
who she is and what her role is. In episode seven, Monica tells her, don't let him make you the villain talking about Hayward. And she says, maybe I already am. Right. So she's trying to kind of figure out, especially once she gains the knowledge of what she did inadvertently by creating this hex and how it is harming other people. So I think that rounds out nicely in this episode. You know, Agatha is telling her who she is, talking about her role as the Scarlet Witch and what she's destined to be and what she's destined to do. And clearly Hayward and Sword have a certain idea of who she is and then also the people of Westview. And I, I think that this episode plays really nicely with with that and then her coming to a place where she says i'm not what you say i am and you know thanks for the lesson but i don't need you to tell me who i am so that's some of the stuff that sticks out to me related to wanda in this episode do you have any kind of standout moments or thoughts on her character and where she ends up here i thought it was interesting how i don't know it seemed like she embraced the scarlet witch really quickly Mm mm-hmm and I, I don't know if that's just, you know, confines of the format and, you know, we have to wrap it up in this one show or I, I don't know how you, I don't have a better way of, of drawing that out. But, you know, when she said goodbye to Hex Vision, I thought that was a satisfying end. But saying, you know, saying goodbye to her kids, <laughs> I kind of tell you, that really disturbed me. I mean, I mean, for reasons you understand is I, I twin boys who yes. are, you know close in age and she's just like all right kids good night and closes the door and then walks downstairs for the end of the world i'm like your kids are upstairs lady <laughs> what are you doing downstairs with hex vision who's also not real i mean if we're going to have an emotional moment with with uh with vision i that was really disturbing to me i mean that was probably the most disturbing thing in this, uh, this whole series I was actually very curious to ask you about your your thoughts yeah, on that was, <laughs> as as a parent of twins, especially. Um, you know, it, there was such great di- dialogue between um, Wanda and Vision at that when they're saying goodbye, but like I could not focus on it because the kids are upstairs. You know, even if they're just like you know, she realizes that they're a, a figment of her imagination, or you know, she she conjured them up uh, apparently. Or maybe not. I don't know. Like that, the the mid credit scene afterwards mm-hmm. kind of called that into question, which makes it even more disturbing that she left them. I, it really bugged me. I found it really unsettling. I, I had a hard a hard time focusing after that. Like it was really weird. Do you um, think that her son Billy, who has you know telepathic powers, do you think he knew what was going on? I think they both did. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, if he's if he's you know, it's it's just such a strange thing because he's having flashes of what's happening in other places in the hex. Like you know, when when uh, Hex Vision is trying to climb out of the hex and he's he's hurt, and you know, is that just Wanda's subconscious telling her something? Is that what he's supposed to represent? I wonder. It's I I don't know. It's just questions upon questions, and it's not bad that they're questions. It's fun to you know talk about it and mull this over, but. Were they real? Were they not real? I mean, the, you know, so many, so much, so much in the hex was, you know, transfigured. I, I, had, I had worried at some point that they were just somebody else's kids, like Daddy's kids that she had stolen. Oh man, that was terrible. Actually, kind of relieved to see that wasn't the case, right? Because <laughs> that would have been pretty dark. Um, so that they're just completely made up was really kind of shocking, and you know, I can almost accept that Vision was made up 
but maybe not. I agree with you that the creation of vision. So she has this chaos magic. She doesn't understand the extent of her powers. Inadvertently, out of grief, she can she can create. So with vision, I I think you're right. I think it makes a little bit more sense because you know, you could see that yellow energy coming out of her related to the mind stone. And he says when when he talks about, you know, what he is and what he has been, he says that he's a memory made real. So it's kind of like her projection of him. Um, but she had something to work with because she had memories with vision and the mind stone. Whereas with the kids, like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, like um, they're, to- they're totally... They're totally made up. Right. There's no Apparently, memories. Personalities and like, you know, right. the way they look. And I, I mean, I, you know, she was a twin and she had a twin brother. And Okay. So, all right. I, I understand why she conjured up twins, but they're very specific. Like they're very specific. Yes. And they seem like they have independent thoughts and that whole thing was just very baffling to me. Yes. And, and I think Monica even says in one of the previous episodes when she's after she's been in the hex and she comes out and she tells the people on the other side, like, oh yeah, no, those are her kids. So it's, <laughs> um, right. it's weird. It's very weird. And I do wonder if that end credit scene hints that they're, they weren't purely a creation of her imagination, but you know, right. somehow are her, these, are these multiverse kids? I wonder. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder. I, I, mean, I think that's the next Doctor Strange movies, the multiverse of madness. And yeah. Clearly they're setting her up for something with Doctor Strange because there was that not so subtle, you know, line that she's supposed to be more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. And, yeah. And you have the dark hole and you have her like astral self studying the books, very reminiscent of Doctor Strange. I mean, it, clearly episode nine is like the trailer for Doctor Strange movie, but um, definitely, and then, you know, hearing the kids' voice, I don't know. It's just so many questions. Yeah. That's what episode nine did for me. It was like more questions. I'm like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand anymore. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. But Monica Rambeau, what are her powers? Where is she going? Where did Vision go? Were her kids real? Is any of this real? I don't know. And I guess there's also even the larger question of <laughs> it doesn't matter what is real or not if it was real to her. And, and that is what kind of brings me back to this idea of, okay, so Wanda... You know, she created this hex not on not on purpose, right? She says to Agatha in this episode, you know, the difference between you and me is that you did this on purpose, right? Speaking to the fact that Ag- Agatha had killed those other witches, in- including her mother. And Wanda originally does not act out of bad intentions to trap an entire town full of people. We do know that she is complicit in that she keeps the hex going even after she finds out what she did. And we know that it was causing people pain. And I, I will say, I think one of the things they did best in this episode was the the scene in which all of the townspeople are kind of like converging upon her and, and she's kind of forced yeah. to really look at how she affected them. Also very Twilight Zoney. Yeah. I mean, it was very, that was unsettling. That was. <laughs> it was, it was dark. It, 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 this expected is. expected them to start like clawing at her and like, I don't know what was going to happen. It was so threatening. It was yeah. very interesting. Definitely. And I I think that that was important because I think that even if it started out as something that she didn't intend to do, she did make a, a, a choice at some point, even if it was less of an active choice and more of a passive one to kind of 
maintain the status quo, right? She made a choice to keep this hex going even once she realized um, what she had done. And I, I think, again, that kind of goes back to you my my exploration of what makes us who we are and and if it comes down to the choices that we make. So in this episode, she does choose to sacrifice the peace that she's found and the family that she's found. And to your point, are they real? What does real mean here? Um, and and does it matter if they're real, if they are real to her? Um, so she sacrifices that so other people can have their families back, can have their peace back. And well, what, what's your take on it? Do you think that she should have been punished more harshly here? Uh, to what extent do you think that she got what she deserved? You know, what did she get? Well, I mean, so she got, she had closure with vision, mm-hmm. I guess. It seemed like she has closure with vision, right? She got to play out the fantasy that she's never going to have of a family with vision. You know, she got that. But she also got an understanding of her apparently extraordinary powers. She She's the protagonist in this, right? So we don't want her to be the bad guy. But right. I kind of still feel like Wanda's a little bit of a villain. She just walked away scot-free. I mean, I think of Rocket. Boo-hoo, your family died. We've all lost people. You know, that's that's what the... I mean, that's kind of the running theme of the Avengers that everybody's lost somebody, but nobody else has kidnapped an entire town and transfigured people and um, gets to go live in a nice cabin, the Canadian Rockies, and practice <laughs> her craft. I, it does feel like she's gotten away with something. And I, I still want, I still wonder if she's, I, I don't know that she's a good guy. I don't know if she's yeah. ever really been one of the good guys. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, this is what I'm so interested in, right? And I I think that regardless, I think this show did an amazing job of making the audience empathize with her and and feel connected to her, as you said, as our protagonist of this show. And I think it's to the show's credit that it's doing that with a protagonist who is not altogether, you know, a, um, a white hat, so to speak, right? A quote unquote, like traditional hero in a captain america sense right like a traditional captain america sense and i and i think that that is definitely a a trend in in tv in the past 10 or so years right with your anti-heroes as your protagonists um and i guess that that's kind of what i was just curious your take on because i think i'm still processing my thoughts you know on the one hand i agree with you right she she did these actions whether subconscious or not at first she kept them going and she that was a choice. Uh, and then she makes a better choice in this episode to turn her back on that so that these people can have their lives back. But I don't know. She- I'm still not convinced also that Agatha is a villain who deserved to be trapped. That's the flip side I mean, of it too. It seemed like she wanted power, right? But mm-hmm. there were two, there were two moments where it, I'm trying to remember the specific moments. There was one, I guess the moment when she was like about to be, uh, I don't know, magically burned at the stake by the coven. Right. Um, where it seemed like she was a, you know, a white hat, but maybe she's just in it for power. She seems like an incredibly powerful person. Unless we find out some more backstory that she's been doing bad things all along. It doesn't seem like she was like, you know, I just want Wanda's power. It seems like she was kind of investigating, trying to see what's going on. Except she killed the dog, so clearly she's. 
Um, yeah, but we don't. You're right. We don't have evidence that she has uh, killed or tortured or or things like that. You know, other than um, what we see in the flashback to Salem. But we also can empathize with her there because, right, she's supposed to be very young at that time, and she, like Wanda, doesn't understand the extent of her her power. And I, that's where it's like, yes, she wants Wanda's power, and it seems like. Mwahaha, right? Like, I'm going to get yeah, power right. just for the sake of power. But but that she, declaration that Wanda's power is chaos power, it seemed like she was trying to prevent something terrible. Exactly. It's like she's warning her. She says to her in this episode, too, like, you don't know what you've done, the damage you've unleashed. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see, and I hope we see in the future, you know, what was she warning Wanda about? If Wanda ends up being a, a bigger, big bad and, and the destiny of the Scarlet Witch destroying the world, you know, comes to pass, or obviously it's not going to actually come to pass because the Avengers are going to step in. But if she ends up trying to do that, um, then Agatha definitely looks like the lesser of, of two villains. Uh, you know, if she was the one who was trying to warn against Wanda, you know, coming into her own uh, of this scarlet witch power so there's a lot there's a lot going on and then there's also the part of me that's like well okay was wanda supposed to go to jail what would that have really accomplished she's yeah, you know well, kind of exiling herself to, anyway they tried to lock her up once before and yeah stay in her room and, yeah. right and then i like think about happens. characters like hulk and, and, and I, you know the end of this one is is kind of the end credit scene is is kind of similar okay hulk also wasn't able to control his power and so he's gonna go and you know isolate himself so that he doesn't make the same mistakes again and that sounds fair um and and throughout the mcu you know our heroes have done things that have intentionally or not and you know had negative consequences and it's not like there's a traditional justice system for them to contend with really so shannon who i keep trying to get to join this podcast with me um noted that the lake that you know the cabin she seemed to be next to she threw out like six ideas at once it was pretty crazy she's like that <laughs> looks like alkali lake I, I she's waiting for logan to show up oh <laughs> or maybe it's the cabin from shield where they you know they, they kept the hulk for a little bit who knows maybe it's just a cabin in the woods it's a really nice cabin i'd love to know where it is on Airbnb, it is really nice <laughs> it's a really nice cabin yes shout out to shannon who needs to join in on microphone <laughs> sometime <laughs> she said she'd cry that's why she hasn't done it <laughs> she was specifically about this episode uh this episode in the last very oh. emotional for her she couldn't handle it i guess that's true so okay maybe you know, we'll pick something a little bit more lighthearted. <laughs> so you know i i think we've we've talked quite a bit about wanda um you know, I, I guess I do want to return to Vision and, you know, okay, I think that the the fight between Vision and White Vision was really cool. I, I liked watching them fight and phasing in and out. And I also liked that it, it seemed very on, on point for who I'll call Hex Vision to want to talk things out <laughs> and to use his logic and his argument. Uh, as opposed to just brawling. And I, I did appreciate that. And it, you know, reminded me of civil war in which, you know, he's kind of appealing to logic uh, in that conflict of, over the Sokovia Accords as well. Um, I'm very curious if there was a, uh, a spike in Google searches for the ship. Of <laughs> I'm sure there must have been. And I, I like that they played with that here. Um, 
in the in this episode. I I think that it I think it reveals a little bit what the show's thesis statement about identity is, especially when he's talking about how the rot on the wood and the memories of that. It, it very much to me seems to connect to this idea of part of who we are, you know, who we are being a um, a sum of our experiences and especially pairing that with episode eight and Wanda going back into her traumatic memories. I, I liked that thematic connection with the idea of the wear and tear on, on the ship. Apparently very convincing to robot vision. That was enough. Yeah. I, well, I, off to, I don't know where he did. He did. I like, what was the line where he's like, <laughs> when he was just like, I require elaboration, but yeah, you know, I, while the ship of Theseus thought experiment is more complex than, than what they present in a little scene in this episode. <laughs> I, I do like what it did thematically. And yeah, I, no, it, it, I did like neither is the true ship, both are the true ship and, and, you know, kind of suggesting to us, okay, we have two visions here. Neither is the quote unquote true vision that we know from previous MCU. And yet both have elements of, of him. Yeah. I, I did really, I really, I just kept, like waiting for them to merge all of a sudden the uh, robot visions color changes is, you know, just gets the red cheeks and hex vision kind of i don't know disintegrates into the mindstone disintegration yeah i don't know i just found it very frustrating that there's no hint as to where he went he just left yeah and i i guess i feel like i keep contradicting myself because i am frustrated with that and part of me is seeing that character as being closer to the quote-unquote true vision because now he has the memories right but that at the same time if we want to think about wandavision as a contained nine episode series the vision who we have cared about and gotten to know and experienced in this series is the quote-unquote hex vision who does you know his story rounds out very nicely i think in that last scene when he has his goodbye with wanda when he and i i think it was very powerfully acted on his part too i know you were still thinking about the kids in bed well, understandably for sure that it was very eerie their little faces it was very sad killed me killed i went and checked on my kids afterwards you know i i, I think you know of course there's going to be some payoff with with robot vision disappearing mm -hmm. um he's going to show up somewhere else which is great. I, I think, you know, they'll probably just do something very good with that. But I think it would have been just as satisfying if he had, you know, how many times is Vision going to die? But if mm -hmm. he had died, if, you know, Robot Vision was destroyed and you know, Wanda got her, her much better goodbye with Hex Vision, emotionally, I think it would have been more satisfying. And and there was definitely emotional weight to her, her goodbye with Hex Vision here when you think of the contained WandaVision story. When you zoom out to the larger MCU, you know, what you're saying makes sense, right? Like, okay, well, she's having this emotional goodbye, but we also know that there's another vision out there. But I, I like the moment, you know, his, him saying, what am I? And she says, you're the piece of the mind stone that lives in me, a body of wires and blood and bone that I created. You're my sadness and hope, but mostly you're my love. And I, I love his line when he does say, I have been a voice with no body, a body but not human and now a memory made real who knows what i might be next that got me i i, I definitely felt felt emotional with that 
we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason we'll say hello again. I think that was really played out very nicely. Yeah. What I hope doesn't happen is that Wanda and Vision becomes another version of Peter Quill and the now Gamora. Yes. Because she doesn't know who he is, so presumably they're going to like have to reconnect somehow. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's 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 one of those weird weird situations where I don't know. I mean, is that is that his Gamora, so to speak? In it's if she's from a different time, is she a different person? <sighs> Ship of Theseus. I don't know. <laughs> she, is, she doesn't have the memories. Yeah. At least at least vision. At least robot vision has has the memories. The memories yeah. And more importantly, why is Gamora? <laughs> um, well played. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what we have left here. Shout out to the line, boys handle the military. Mommy will be right back. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be my line. That yeah, well, no, that would be Shannon's line. I can definitely hear Shannon else. saying that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, love their, their Incredibles moment when, you know, as a family, they, yes. they that was cool. I'm so glad you caught that. I, <laughs> it was such an incredible throwback. I loved it. That was fantastic. That was great. And when they say to the kids, like, Hey, we didn't prepare you the, for this, but this is what you were born for. That was awesome. I, I loved seeing the kids in action, more nods to Quicksilver in the Fox universe. I think when Tommy was zooming around all the soldiers and, you know, repositioning their guns and stealing the hat and the glasses. And um, do you have anything else, other thoughts on the characters? Just, just a lot of questions. Yeah. I hope we, I, I hope we see Jimmy Wu again. I hope we see Darcy again. Hayward. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. He, he ended up being a little bit more, um, you know, card cardboard secondary villain than I, I at certain moments I thought he might be more than that. Um, but you, you know, clearly you can see in this episode that his his motivation was really to kind of get like the congratulations and the glory for returning the vision who had never actually really been stolen in the first place and just kind of duping people and. But yeah, he's a bureaucrat. Uh, yeah, I- I- exactly. Loved Jimmy. Jimmy had his moment here with the uncuffing himself and saying flourish. That was cute. And Darcy has the moment <laughs> with the with the funnel cake truck. Um, although it would have been cool to see more of her in the finale. Yeah, as well. I was just I felt like she just got kind of stuck in there just to get, you know, well, we had Darcy and everyone loves, loves Darcy. So she's got to be in there somewhere, but we don't know where she's going to drive the truck into somebody. Yeah, there wasn't really there wasn't really room for her in. Uh, yeah. In, in the rest of the episode. I was kind of hoping for a longer finale, to be honest. Yeah, I was surprised too how short it was. If it had gone over an hour, I think probably could have resolved some of, I don't know, my complaints anyways. Everybody else is a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Maybe like zooming out a little bit and looking back on the WandaVision series as a whole, any big, big takeaways, things that will stick with you in terms of what this show means for the larger MCU and its next steps or, you know, where this show stands for you among other installments of the MCU. I really was so pleasantly surprised by this. And I think, I think it allowed the MCU to do a little bit of experimentation. Mm-hmm. And if it hadn't worked out, you know, it would have been a good bridge to the next, um, the next couple of movies, which would have been just fine, but it worked out in such a big way. 
I hope they I hope they continue to take risks. That's you know, it doesn't always work out. You know, there's been so many, so many other series that just kind of, you know, I think might have played into the larger MCU if they had played better or worked better. And but this was so cool. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. I it and it's been such a long time, I it feels like anyway, since there's been like um, you know, appointment TV where mm-hmm. You know, I, if I watched it on Saturday night or Sunday night, I felt like I was taking a real risk because someone was really going to blow it for me at some point if I didn't watch it sooner. And that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And, I, and you know, I, I hope other shows, Netflix loves to like drop their their series in one big batch. And I don't, I think this is better. I really do. You know, you have, have the week and you can think about it and let the kind of like, you know, emotional tell kind of, kind of trickle in and, sit in the back of your mind and then you're looking forward to the next episode. And I think that's great. I really think that was awesome. And I, I know other guests about uh, on the WandaVision series have said this, but like, it feels like so long since you've seen anything else mm-hmm. that having something kind of week to week for, for eight weeks, nine weeks was, was really awesome. It was so great. It was uh much needed. Um, one of the better things come out of the pandemic. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And looking ahead to the future of the MCU, are there any projects coming up, movies or shows that you are most looking forward to? I'm actually, I I have to say Doctor Strange. Just because I'm so curious to see where they take such an odd character. And then, you know, know, if if you're going to throw Wanda in there, multiverses, and it's such a great cast. Uh, It'll be interesting to see uh, Wanda and Doctor Strange banter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're both so, like... uh, (laughs) I don't know. They're very, they're very serious. They're going to need somebody to kind of counterbalance that. I wonder who it'll be. Yeah. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's Agatha. That's, that's <laughs> oh man, that would be so great. It would be I great see to see Agatha, Agatha. And Wu, um, Wong having a kind of like, you know, romantic thing. Oh my God. That would be incredible. <laughs> Think about it. Like they're on opposite sides. They're, you know, they're adversaries, but, uh, you know. That's it. We're going to make a new uh, ship trend on Twitter, Agatha and Wong. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be great. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I do want to know where, where Nick Fury is, and I think Monica Rambo yes. is going to tell us that. So that's yes, going to be cool. Definitely. Because, right, the mid credit scene here, I think, technically takes place before Far From Home. And Far From Home ends with him up in space. Right. So, yeah, I guess I guess we'll find out. Hopefully in Captain Marvel 2, and I know they have the Secret Invasion show coming at some point, which I think uh, Nick Fury is going to be a big part of. But uh, lots of cool threads to follow within the MCU. And, and as I said, I am looking forward to, you know, months, years down the line, connecting back to WandaVision uh, in much the same way that WandaVision invites us to connect back to Age of Ultron and Civil War and things like that. I don't know if we want, I, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but I know I've been texting you about this. So I'll just oh, yes. throw it out there, the mm-hmm. nature of their powers. And I, I have this theory that the, um, the infinity stones are not destroyed. They've just gone somewhere else. My, my theory behind this is, you know, when the Sorcerer Supreme is explaining to Bruce Banner, how the, uh, the infinity stones create what they understand as time, mm-hmm. but now they're destroyed. So what's holding the universe together? Yeah. I don't think the infinity stones can be destroyed. I kind of have a feeling that, um, 
you know, it, maybe it's just a visual visual signature, but Wanda's powers are so reminiscent of the reality stone and mm-hmm. her ability to bend reality is, you know, evident. And then, you know, the coven, the first thing I thought when they they shot out their you know, blue energy was like, oh, this is the space zone. Yeah. Agatha seems to have the power stone and, or, you know, maybe it's just their power. And again, it could just be nothing, but I, I, it would be really interesting to see if there was more exploration of like, you know, you know the nature of their power and uh, how it relates to the infinity stones. And I don't know, maybe the, the infinity stones are uh, dispersed and have haven't come back together yet but i I don't think they're i I don't know i just don't think they're gone i don't think they can be destroyed it's a really really interesting theory and it's now on the record (laughs) so (laughs) as future mcu and installments roll out we'll see what happens but you're you're absolutely right that like they have to understand that at the very least the the color scheme is inviting viewers minds to go there um, right. and you see the right. red and the purple and uh so we'll see right yep we <laughs> shall all right well thank you so much for joining me again today rich anytime if you enjoyed this conversation about the finale of wandavision you can follow the podcast at an idea underscore podcast on instagram and twitter Artwork was designed by Brooke Pender, who you can follow at B Pender Illustrations on Instagram. Music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next Thursday to hear me team up with Trey and Jude from MCU Need to Know to reflect on the WandaVision series as a whole and talk about what's next for the MCU.